0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So, in this episode, it is labeled Starting Out. Now, <laughs> many, 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 many moons ago, starting out in a, you know, this is 1988, 1990 time when I started out. And you're a shit kicker. It was that simple. You were there to kind of get yelled at, make teas, wash cars. I mean, I swear to God, I washed a news car. Um, every single day, for no reason, because they're bored, And but looking back, they're trying to kind of show you structure, um, not the kind of ecosystem of, I'm the boss and you're crap, but kind of like, you have to do the jobs, and I made loads of teas, and the key thing I used to do, I used to actually notice what people wanted, and instead of asking, do you want uh, one and two, or what kind of biscuit they wanted, it was the first kind of scapegoat that are looked at understanding human nature and understand what people wanted and how they how they worked and in tv and especially post-production you really need to understand your audience and the audience are the people that you're working with if someone's having a really shit day stay away from them or wait for a moment to see if you can help don't kind of really wind them up and grade them and all sorts of stuff because trust me There is loads of people that I've wound up in my industry, in my career. There's lots of people out there that just probably call me a dickhead. And you know what? Hands up. I have no problems with people calling me that. And in any way, shape or form, it's their issue. Um, I think there's loads of dickheads out there. And as the people that know me will kind of say, yeah, Craig speaks his mind. Now, speaking your mind is a different thing because you need to be able to understand if you've got a solution to a problem. Never, ever, ever go to a gunfight with a knife. And that's what I mean. I hate people that have an opinion, they jump on in, and there's no resolution. There's no idea of how to come to a different way in the junction. And this is a key thing when you're starting out. Now, there's a fine line between asking thousands of questions and being a right pain in the ass. And that's the hardest thing to learn. The second you figure that out, you will absolutely positively um, strive, really strive. I sat and I observed, I listened, I watched. And the first day that I worked at Channel 7 under Howard Dioff, he kind of sat me in a room and I was bricking it. I'm an 18 year old kid, um, you know, I think I'm fantastic. And there's this gigantic, literally six foot four guy who never said anything, and Howard was really bizarre. I'm going to go into an episode later down the tree here about all the managers that I admired and, you know, as I call them, the influencers before influencing was a thing. Now, Howard had a way about him. He yelled at me twice, and I've deserved both of those times. I was being, as I said, I was being a dickhead. But the first thing I talked to Howard, Howard said, what do you want to do in this industry? Now, let me set the scene. Sunshine Television back then was around about 150 people, I want to say. And they're all family. Everybody knew everyone. They lived locally. The Sunshine Coast is a very, very community kind of aware um, way. The shifts were not 24-7, but there was a studio. um, There was a news. There was a whole news department, by the way. And there was production for the commercials. There was on-air. There was videotapes and a whole engineering department plus the front of house. So there was a lot of departments that you could have actually gone down. And there was no AVIDs, there's no nonlinear, it was all heavy-duty, um, sorry, Beta SP at that time, and one-inch, and the D2s. Um, so it's kind of looking around going, what do I want to do? And these people that I worked with, who are fantastic, Brett and um, Karen and Lisa and um, Tony, they were veterans. They'd been working already for 20-odd years doing the same role. So I'm looking at Howard and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, is this a decision that I have to make now in my head? And I'm thinking, I'm 18. Is this the wrong decision? Am I, am I over-egging this? Is this something that's really going to cost me in the, in the long run? And I sat there and I'm like, shit, what do I say? I said, all right, um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Worst answer ever. He goes, well, it's simple. You want my job. Now, Howard was the operations manager, and he overlooked all of the departments. I say all the departments, probably not sales. But just to say that made me realize, wow, the ambition on the ladder needs to be very clear. What are you trying to accomplish? Now, don't get me wrong. On the way, you'll divert off the path. You'll look at other shiny things. You'll look everywhere else. But that is a clear line of sight of what you need to accomplish. So if you're starting out... And you've gone to university, and you've got your master's, and you've got everything under the sun. By the way, I never went to university, had the opportunity, scored a tremendously high, um, what we call an ASAT score. But I never really wanted to push towards university. I knew I wanted to work at that TV station. So when you're starting out, it's very, very, very important to understand when I started out to where it is now, because the technology has caught up. Back then, the technology was out of everyone's hands. Computers were literally, um, well, a Mac was about 30 grand and it was ridiculously done, no video editing at the time. And the um, the nonlinear editing was very, very, very um, exclusive to the film. So in the TV station, it was the 910 edit controllers and it was the vision switching and all sorts of stuff. So I had to literally sit and watch and observe and soak. Now... Is that the right way of starting out now? I personally think it's harder now, to be fair. I mean, starting out in the industry, air quote, is really difficult. And I've got a note here saying, learn other parts of the business. So understanding editing is really hard. Editing is very, very difficult. It comes very naturally to a lot of people with rhythm. It comes to a lot of um, great people with visionary and storytelling. I can do that. Don't get me wrong. And when I'm in the mojo of editing, I love it. It's absolutely my passion. But understanding budgets, understanding personnel, understanding schedules, understanding the um, equipment that you need, understanding the scope, understanding what you've promised someone, they're all key elements of whole mixture, no matter what you're doing. If you're um, a runner, which is a person who just literally... Um, a good example is The Mill. The Mill has certain colored shirts of runners or people who've been there for durations and each person's got their role and responsibilities. To today, you can actually go and shoot a short film and win an award. There is literally no limitations on what you could do. You could get an iPhone, shoot it on 4K. You could get one of these new Samsung ones, um, shoot it on 8K. You've got uh, Resolve, which is free. You've got all sorts of fun stuff, which is available to you. The only limitations is your imagination. Now, back then, storage, 30 minutes of storage was about 80 grand. Um, the 910 edit controllers, you couldn't get on them. And you had to shoot a certain camera. You know, back then was Super VHS, it was all 4x3. There was no HD back then. Um, to even get onto a computer, it was impossible. So I had to learn all the parts of the business. And how I did that was on my own time. And a lot of people right now think, you know what? It's not worth it. My time is valuable. I need to do this. I need to do that. Luckily, I mean, YouTube is a ridiculous source of information. I mean, it is batshit crazy. Um, if YouTube was around when I was and there was nonlinear editings, it'd be a different scope. Because sitting in a room, quiet as a mouse, making shitloads of teas, taking in mental notes. And plus, the thing is, it was really, really deemed bad if you sat there with a pen and paper. So, you know, people thought, oh, this person's got a really terrible memory. So you really, really have to do it. And a key thing of myself is that when I was at school, I'll wear glasses, have warm glasses for, since, I've, for, since I fell out, to be honest. And um, I have astigmatism in my eyes that shake. And, you know, I'm quite, quite nervous about that. And a lot of people have brought it up in, in childhood. But when we went to school, I wouldn't wear glasses. So I couldn't see. This is the whole classic thing. I could not see the blackboards. I would squint. I'd get tremendously bad migraines. But I'm a kid. I'm an idiot. I thought it was fine. So what I learned, I trained myself into a photographic memory. So I would listen to the lecturer or the teacher at the time. And I would just literally absorb it in because I had no other senses to take it in. Couldn't see it. Um. Stupid idiot. But on the upside, I've got a great memory. My memory's fantastic. I remember things a lot. Could be completely arbitrary useless crap, but I just have that ability to do it. So I've honed myself. I'm not condoning people taking their glasses off and not listening. (laughs) Don't wrong. That's ridiculous. But um, for me, it worked well. I allowed myself to really absorb into the situations. I'd go and sit in the newsroom. I'd listen to the news guys. I'd go into the news editors, listen to the news editors, go into presentation. And through the course of that career, I was starting out at Sunshine TV, it allowed me to see where I wanted to go. And my passion was editing. I loved editing. It was the most, I don't know, free-spirited way of doing it. And when you're editing in a linear environment, you can't go and swap it out easily. You have to use what the edit decision list or the EDLs to then go back and ripple tremendous amounts of edits. So you had to make a decision. And... When you're editing, say, commercials um, on a linear edit system, you have to sit there and go, my God, I have to time this out because this 16-frame shot is going to mess around with the entire rest of the spot if I make a mistake. Or if you need to drop another spot in, it was a very arguous, long-winded, horrible spot. And you'd have B-rolls, which is basically another videotape. Now, with um, Betacam SP... It's an analog system, which basically meant you would lose generations on each B-roll or C-roll that you'd use. So over the course of an edit, you'd have to be very careful that you're not copying and copying and copying um, certain areas or setting B-rolls to, to slot it back in again. And you'd have to make sure your EDL was clean. There's no like bashing and crashing and hoping that um, you just do your ins and outs because you might need to go back to that edit later on to fix it. And if you haven't saved it, then you're in a world of pain. So... It, let you, it made you learn very quickly. You had to make decisions on the spot. Um, a couple of people <laughs> who I won't name have heard me at the back end yelling at them profusely going, make a decision, make a decision. And that kind of stemmed from that hard life of not being able to fail, which was the stupidest thing I could have done. Now, fast forward to 2015, um, when we started up Honeycomb, I got the opportunity to work with a brilliant guy called Chris Young Chris Young would always basically say fail early, fail early and I thought it was a weakness I'm sitting there going what's this dickhead on about fail early but it makes perfect sense if you go down a path to write an application and you think it's the right code to do, say using Python you go, I'm using Python all the way through because I know Python, it's great, great, great and you do something and you go my god, I'm really getting myself tripped up here I should have used, I don't know a PHP or C+, C-sharp, whatever it is, is irrelevant. Then you need to stop and go, right, stop now, fail early, pull out, back it up and go, that is the wrong decision. I see the future and it's not going to work out. Start again. And the reason Honeycomb was tremendously successful was because we got the opportunity to fail multiple times. And trust me, it was difficult. It was costly, not only in time and effort and mental ability, but it allowed us to step back and go after the fact, in hindsight, thank, oh my God, I can't say the word, but you get it, that we allowed ourselves to fail early to pull out of that. Same as when you're starting out. When you're starting out, failure is great. You've got to embrace it. You've got to accept it. You know, It's not a weakness. In any way, shape, or form. And that's where a lot of people come to. They kind of go, oh, this guy is useless because he he makes all these mistakes. Now, here's the counterbalance or the balance of life. If you are making (laughs) mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, the manager should be able to see that you're either learning a different path, you're understanding from your mistakes, or you're just shit. Now that's not your place to understand. That's your manager to look and go, "My god, who's this guy is guy girl is just constantly making mistakes? Have I not treated them right? Have I not trained them right? Are they got the wrong information? Are they out of their depth?" And you as an employee or a person starting out shouldn't have that weight on your shoulders. You should be fed by your manager or your mentor. And I will talk about a mentor um, being being a mentor and also having mentors through my life and future episodes, but a mentor can be so many different ways. It's it's literally a whole episode I can't wait to do later on because it's a passion I have. I have 26 people that I've helped throughout my life and that's growing. Now, not to say that I haven't helped 26, i helped way more than 26, but when you see that diamond in that person and you understand the twinkle this person's got and you want to harness that not your personal gain, but their ability, it is the most insanely brilliant thing you'll ever do. But that's a different kettle of fish. We're talking about starting out. What would I do? Um, Starting out again, I would understand the landscape. Now, the landscape right now is tremendously difficult. You've got digital, you've got linear, you've got online, you've got TV, you've got radio, you've got print. You've got all these toolbox of creative abilities that you need to harness. You've got Adobe, which is 50 bucks or 50 quid a month. Now, God, guys, Adobe used to be 1,700 bucks just for After Effects. Then Premiere was so shit that no one used it. So you would have this toolkit of hundreds, if not thousands of pounds, hoping to learn it. And then you'd have the Avid, you'd have the, um, a good example is Autodesk Flame. Autodesk Flame, guys, a million plus in the 90s. Early 2000s, it's still knocking on a million quids, a million dollars or a million um, Aussie dollars. Massive machines, huge, out-of-control computing power. It's $500 a month now, runs on a laptop. Now, if you don't know what Autodesk Flame is, it is what movies are composited in, high-end commercials. It is the creme of the creme of compositing finishing tools. Avid Media Composer, it's twenty bucks a month. I got it for twenty bucks a month just because I have, because I want it. Um, my my tools of choice. I'm looking at the um, my doc right now. It's it's Premiere, it's Final Cut Ten, it's Resolve, it's um, Avid Media Composer, and Autodesk Flame. I mean, these are amazing tools. So to be able to start off now, and oh, let me make it very clear. You can get educational ones of this, which are probably even cheaper. I mean, I think Autodesk Flame is free for three years. It's it's bonkers. Now you've got um, YouTube to learn it all. You've got um, training courses like from Ripple and you've got Grant K from the Autodesk channel. There's a lot of resource out there. So here's why it's so much so much difficult than when I started off. You've got way too much choice. And you will try to be the best generalist in the world. And a generalist is a person that does a bit of everything. Now, going off, locking yourself away and going, I'm only going to use Avid Media Composer. I'm going to know every key shortcut in that thing. I'm going to watch every video that's ever been done. Um, I know all the ins and outs. If anyone asks me any pop questions, I can do it. It's pointless. Clear. Pointless. If you can't edit, you can't edit doesn't matter what your tools of choice are it's like driving a ferrari doesn't make you a race car driver makes that you've got enough wealth to purchase such a beautiful car but you don't automatically overnight become a race driver so with this tool set, you have to learn it and you have to do it in the <laughs> in the heat of life now trust me jesus when it all going down And you get the, they call the editor's back. It's like a curvature in your spine. You are so stressed. You have not breathed for about two minutes. There is a person on your shoulder. There's a person emailing you. The phone is ringing. It's uh, five o'clock on a Friday. And this is the most important thing in the entire world. It needs to go out now. And this is happening. You will have a brain dump. You will forget all your key shortcuts. You won't know what's going on. So starting out is getting experience and experience does not come cheap. The reason to say that is not monetary value, it is your personal investment into it. I had a person, I'm not gonna say the lady's name, who hounded me for weeks, if not months for a job. Lovely person. And it wasn't me sitting there going, I can't wait for this person to send me one more email. It was bad timing. The company I was at had no money. They were not hiring. But this person showed so much vigor, so much determination and vision to say, I'm going to work for this company that I just, I had to find a job. I had to say, we need this person. I had to go and find more work to bring this person on because that gem in this person, they needed to get on board. And while they were emailing me, it wasn't, Oh, give me an email, give me a job, give me a job. It's like, what can I learn to make it easier for when I start? And I'd give homework. I'd kind of say, right, go and have a look at Final Cut 10. Um, it's 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 evolving. Tell me a breakdown between Final Cut 10 and Final Cut 7, the differences. And I said, I'll lead the witness. It's something to do with the audio. So they'd go off, they'd learn it. I'd get an email two or three days later going, I found it. It's this and this and this. It's like, great. Now, remember that, rinse and repeat. What about this program? What about that program? What's the difference between 2398 and 25? Progressive, interlacing. So I was kind enough to invest my time, which wasn't cheap, into a person who didn't have a job, but showed the enthusiasm and the vigor to do it. And that's interesting because you can have multiple things on the go. If I was going into the industry now and I was sitting at home and going, oh, it all sucks, you know, aren't I great, I graduated from this school and done this and done that, and daddy says I'm great, and mum says I'm great, and my mates think I'm brilliant, and I've, I've got a 7D camera, and, you know, a Blackmagic, or whatever, you know, whatever you've got and bought because you can afford it. Um, I deserve a job. Now, listen, that is going to bite you in the arse. The television industry right now is in absolute chaos. Streaming at this particular time of the year in in March 2020, everybody's working from home. Um, The word digital, the word social, the word um, streaming. Netflix and Disney don't take commercials. So everybody's kind of re-engineering themselves and understanding how they're going to fit back into the world when the world goes back to normal. But what the hell is normal now? I mean, if you can get entire corporations to work from home, Which people have been saying for years and years and years, you can't do it, won't work, won't work. How are you now going to rebirth into this whole new industry? And if you're coming into the industry, I would be reading all of the trade rags. You know, I'd be looking at all of the patterns. And that's a key thing. I've got it written down here, patterns, and see how to change the outcome. So patterns are brilliant. If you don't understand how to read patterns, you'll fail. Fail miserably in life, career, wealth, and happiness. Because if you can't understand a pattern in someone, i.e. someone's having a birthday, but they're unhappy. Okay, that's a pattern, okay? Not automatically should I be happy on your birthday, but is there something wrong with this person that's making them feel down on a day that, air quotes, should be historically brilliant, so understand what's going on there. Don't go, why Why aren't you happy? Why aren't you happy? Just kind of reverse back from it and monitor the person. Understand people will have bad days. Every single person has a bad day. If you do not have a bad day, there's something wrong with you. Um, when someone's extremely happy, embrace it, enjoy it, understand what that is because you will get nuggets out of people. You'll get these amazing little bits of things. And it comes back to that memory that I have that if, I don't know, Barry is extremely excited because he won a golf tournament. I don't know, I'm making that shit up. But understand, oh, his passion's golf. Cool, understand that, you know, Barry's thing is golf. And then get a little box in your head, imaginary box, and go, Barry's thing is golf. Whenever there's something on golf, or you see it in a news thing, or, you know, someone's won something somewhere, go, hey, Barry, you know, wasn't it great that so-and-so won whatever it was? And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've engaged. You're understanding a pattern. And same as the industry. If you sit down and don't read the pattern of the industry and understand where it's going, because trust me, guys and girls, it is changing every single day. It's changing. Um, from this kind of height in my career, secretly shitting myself, because where's it all going to fall out? But deep down, I am so excited. I am so in of finding out where this is all going to pan out. Because from this is going to be this cottage industry. People are going to spurt up these batshit crazy ideas that will change the direction of the industry. I mean, podcast, good example. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I don't know why, have no idea. Done the first one, and everybody that I know and love have engaged and says, my God, it's brilliant. I love it. MC Patel. What a brilliant person. He's. I'm going to chat about him soon. An amazing guy with the most unbelievable stories. And these are the people you should be talking to. Because these people have history. And every single person in our industry, in the motion pictures, the audio, the whatever it is, in this entertainment sector, will tell you their story. That's the key part. We are all extroverts, but... We, uh, introverts by heart. It's the most bizarre amount of crazy people you'll get around and having that is understanding the pattern because if you can unlock that information out of someone, it's kind of like a Bitcoin transaction. You want to take the money out of their pocket and put it into yours. Take the information from their brain and put it into yours. Now, mind you, like anything in this world, you will have garbage there will be stuff that comes in, you go, oh, why do I have to listen about 2-inch tape? I mean, it makes no sense. What makes sense is understanding the journey from 2-inch to uh, 8K, you know, EXR files or DXPs, whatever it is, understanding the journey of that. Ironically, a lot of the stuff, like IMF is the same as DCP packaging. Um, IMF is literally taking that technology and kind of building on it, which is great, but what's next? Can you see the pattern? Can you see what's going to be new? What codecs are coming through? H two six five. it's great. I mean, what's what's coming through? What's the motion picture up to? Um, is it going to be see-through um, uh, displays? I mean, what does lits mean and, and nits and all sorts of wacky stuff? My YouTube channel selection is very, very small. I go to Linus um, Tech Tips because they're doing a sprawl of consumable products. And all the stuff I've got, I'm looking at my desk right now, I've got a Samsung um, uh, computer monitor, I've got an Apple uh, laptop, I've got a Promise um, Ray drive and a a Blue Yeti. Now, that is enough to make commercials. There's absolutely no worries of me going and getting that. Um, I've got an iPhone, go and shoot a 4K commercial and knock it together. I've got the information, and know how to do it. So, what I always said to anyone that started with me, go and shoot a 30 second commercial now. And they'd look at me and go, but well, I don't know, I've never learned. It's like, it's easy. You watch commercials every day, you watch movies every day, you understand what an edit is and what an edit's not. I didn't ask you to go and shoot a green screen with um, loads of tracking and machine learning and what have you. Go and make a simple commercial and that ingredient allows you to get the video lock, the audio lock, titling and composition of a spot. Now remember, a commercial can be one shot or it could be 300. 300 is probably too much, but you get what I mean. You can actually, it doesn't matter because the story is what matters and seeing commercials all my life, I mean, I loved TV when I was growing up. Through the, the start I'm doing, um, through the progression of my career, must be hundreds, if not thousands, of bloody commercials. So that didn't make me an editor. What made me an editor was the love of music, was a beat, was understanding that on the cut this will work, on the cut this will work. That pattern I keep talking about. Pattern is the biggest thing you can get for free. Now, I don't know if it's in everyone. It has to be because a heart is pumping. It's making a beating sound. When you go faster, it beats faster. When you go slower, it beats slower. When you meet someone, it goes up and down. Having that pattern is what will really push you forward. And in starting out, if I could flash back in time and look at my 1990s hair and crappy round um, tortoiseshell glasses, I'd probably say... Take it easy. Enjoy it. You know, there's no race here. The whole bullshit thing of it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, it does make sense. It really does. And what it makes sense about is offering the ability to listen, which I've seen a lot of people fail absolutely miserable because everybody thinks they know what they're talking about. And starting out in today's society, in today's industries, I really, really feel sorry for people because you've been absolutely drowned in information. There is so much choice and there's so much, what do I do? Is Avid better than Final Cut? Is Final Cut better than um, Premiere? Do I learn Flame? Do I learn Media 100? What do I do? What do I do? It's simple. It's only a tool, okay? Any of that stuff is just a tool. You need to know the workflow. You need to understand how to fail. And if you fail early, as I mentioned before, it's a hell of a lot better than failing when you absolutely can't. And that's where people start to shine. Now, being in a very, very stressful industry is not for everyone. Don't get me wrong. It is absolutely stressful. But having the ability to practice and practice. I've got a four-year-old now. And I'm trying to teach her to do handstands. She gets so frustrated. But it's practice and practice and practice. So instead of me trying to do a certain way of learning how to do a handstand, I would give her another exercise. It's push-ups. The push-ups made her arm stronger. Giving her arm stronger made her do a, a, a handstand. She got so excited because she thought it happened magically. But secretly, I saw a pattern. It wasn't working. I failed early. Tried something else. And ironically, not ironically, I knew it was going to happen, but the buyer product was that, it was to give me the same result that she wanted. So starting out, such a bold title, it's such a great thing, but for anyone out there, just get out, get involved, get free trials. But the most important two things I would absolutely give someone, have a vision of where you want to be, okay? And also look at the pattern. Of everything, You get those two locked in and loaded, the confidence will absolutely ooze out of you. Employers will rain from the sky and you will be able to see what's coming up because the most important thing of any employee that I've had in my eyes is come to me with solutions. Now, I love people coming to me with problems. Don't get me wrong. That's fun. But don't come to someone and say, the house is on fire because all you're doing is adding to the fire. You come to the house, you come to the person and say, house is on fire, I've checked there's no one in there, and the fire brigade's on its way. Is a hell of a lot better than standing there telling to someone the bloody obvious. And trust me, there's episodes coming up, I'll give you horrific stories, but hopefully that helped. Um, this is tremendously therapeutic for me, I really enjoy it. And if anything, please feel free to reach out Um, In this trying time, guys and girls, stay safe and see you soon.